0: Thank you, Adolfo, for leading us beautifully in worship this morning. In worship again, at the end of our time together this morning, uh, as Adolfo mentioned, we're starting a new teaching series. I'm going to put that slide up on the screen for you, just quick. Uh, you'll see this on uh, our Facebook page, and I put it out in our uh, weekly email as well. So we're calling it in the beginning, and that. Hebrew word underneath there, although I don't speak or read Hebrew, but that word is the very, very first word in the Bible, and it literally does mean in the beginning. So we're going to take a journey to where it all began, exploring key stories and characters in the book of Genesis. I've done a little of this before, um, and I'm going to do some of that again, plus a whole bunch of other things, and I'm really, really looking forward to it. So um, this morning, we're just going to look at a couple of verses. All right, like, we can take that down now. Um, we've mentioned the word creation this morning, and I know that some of you know what it feels like to create, whether it's, you know, music or whether, you know, maybe perhaps you're a carpenter, an electrician, a plumber maybe even. Uh, you know, you like to bake things or, or whatever at home. Some of you are crafty and you do that sort of thing as well. One of the greatest joys that I get, and I've shared this before, this won't be a surprise to too many of you, one of the greatest joys that I get is when I cook. Last night we made a fantastic homemade curry. It was excellent. I loved it. Uh, I just get joy out of that, and uh, my wife and I do that together. Uh, It's it's a great thing. I want to share this little story. Perhaps you've heard this before. I don't know. There was a, obviously this is a fable, so don't send me emails saying that's not possible. But um, there was a scientist who wanted to have a competition with God, so God comes down and the scientists get together and and uh, and the, the scientist is gonna is gonna create something with you know with the dirt. He's gonna you know I can take these molecules and I can create something with them. And God says, "Okay, that's interesting. You know, why don't you go first? So scientist bends down to pick up a handful of dirt and God goes, "No, no, 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 no. Get your own dirt." <laughs> so uh, th- this is just a illustrates this idea that at one point there was literally nothing and people have been struggling you know theologians philosophers uh, you know religious teachers like how how can that be you know the limited human mind cannot comprehend that idea of absolutely nothing so therefore it, it really can't be true can it So we end up with ideas like, you know, how does something come from nothing? We talk about, you know, the Big Bang Theory as as an origin story and evolution and those kinds of things. Folks, I hope you're not disappointed. We're not going to get into that in this series because it's way too controversial. I think there's probably bits of truth in some of those theories along the way, uh, but I just don't believe in them generally, and and I just think that, you know, it's kind of probably a waste of our time to talk about that. Uh, But suffice it to say this, that the laws of science preclude the idea of what was called an uncaused cause. Let me illustrate this. If while standing here this morning, no one at the piano, and it started to play by itself, you that would be an uncaused cause unless we have an invisible man in the room, but we don't. But if Adolfo sat down and began to play beautifully like he can and was touching the keys and the, hits the hammers and hits the strings and makes the noise... That is cause and effect. But there is no such thing as an uncaused cause. That is not the God of Genesis, a God who is limited by a system. He exists and works outside and beyond any system because he holds those systems in his hands. And that is a really comforting thought, and we'll get into this. That is the thought that guides all that we are going to get into as we study the book of of Genesis. No happening in history is just chance. No part of life is just life. The way things go sometimes is not just the way things go sometimes. When the ball bounces the wrong way, it's not just the way the ball bounces. If We can use those expressions. Scripture and the story that is contained in it Is the same way it's held in God's hands and and completely within his will and his intent many think that scripture uh, was put together by man as a means as a way of understanding or making sense of his world if you will he he saw a world man saw a world that was full of pain you know uh, discomfort whatever and needed a way to explain it also introduced the concept of evil There are all kinds of stories, uh, types of creation accounts in different ancient cultures with all, you know, they have slightly different twists and variances from the biblical account. Critics who who don't believe in God, the God of the Bible, say that that proves that the Bible was, was invented just like all the rest and even borrowed and stole ideas from other traditions. But what if the opposite is true? The other accounts draw from what is true and from... God. Well, I would like to propose that's where I come from and that's the truth that I believe. The scriptures are trustworthy and reliable and we have them with us in what we call the Bible. Uh, there's a verse in 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16. You've probably, you know, heard me talk about that verse and it talks about how all scripture is what's called god-breathed. It comes out of God's spirit and it's useful for all kinds of things. This book from God, Genesis, that we're going to study, uh, is a particular gem, I think, because it sets up all the rest of what comes later, not only because it's just the beginning, but it literally does. The the patriarchs and their stories and the flood narrative and all of those things we learn a lot about God in Genesis and how he deals with his people. It's fascinating. Uh, So we're going to deal with the the first couple uh, lines of the chapter today, but Do you remember some of the classic first lines of of famous novels? You may recognize some of these. Here's a great first line of a book. These are first lines, like not the second paragraph, but the very, very first line of classic books, literature over the years. Here's one from the 19th century. Call me Ishmael. That's the first line from Moby Dick. (laughs) Here's another one. Uh, You might recognize this, some of you might. It is a truth universally acknowledged that a single man in possession of a good fortune must be in want of a wife. (laughs) That's from Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice, again, from the 19th century. Here's another one uh, from the 20th century. It was a bright, cold day in April and the clocks were striking 13 That's from George Orwell from his book, 1984. Here's one that I'm sure that most of you, if not a lot of you, uh, I should say that the other way, a lot of you, if not most of you, will know. And I love this quote. This is the first start to this book. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was the age of wisdom. It was the age of foolishness. It was the epoch of belief the epoch of incredulity, it was the season of light, it was the season of darkness, it was the spring of hope, it was the winter of despair. Of course, that's Charles Dickens from A Tale of Two Cities. These opening verses that we're going to look at, these opening few lines of our book of the Bible most people would recognize them if you asked. And here they are. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and now the earth was formless and empty. Darknesses over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. If you read those lines to most people, at least in you know, modern, in the modern world, they would probably go, yeah, that's, I think that's the Bible. It is. They are not only memorable, though, they are remarkable. And they are chock full of truth, promise, hope, and teaching about God. And they are for you and I, not just for the scholars. So I want to jump in and share a little bit about these first couple of verses. The first thing I want to share this morning, God was not and is not dependent on creation to create. Hear that again. God was not and is not dependent on creation to create. In the new testament the new testament writers understood this listen to what is said in hebrews chapter 11 verse 3 by faith we believe that the universe was created at god's command so that what is seen was not made out of what is visible this is essentially the biblical teaching and theology of creatio ex nihilo that's latin for from nothing or created from nothing the new testament writers Understood this? Out of nothing, God created, and this is one of the very, very first arguments that gets used against that Big Bang theory that we talked about. A you know, a few millennia before uh, it was first proposed, I think it was about the 1930s that it was proposed as a understanding for, you know, at least it gets used as an argument to to uh, understand the whole uh, no outside cause part of that belief. I, me, personally, you know, I'll just speak for myself. I suspect most of you are like this as well, but I am the total opposite to God. Everything I do is dependent on my surroundings until I include, you know, God in the equation. I can't will away sickness. I can't just go, I'm not sick. I can't just get rid of it, you know. I can't wish hope into my life no matter how much I want a satisfied life. It is fleeting until I include Him who satisfies I found that to be true, just point blank true. God is not bound by any physical thing that may tie me down, weigh me down, or hold me back. And that is the God that we see in the first verses of our Bible. That is the God that God wants us to see at the beginning. It is almost like he is saying to us, you know, class, before we go any further, before we get started, there's just one thing you need to know about who I am, don't worry about it, I've got it all under control. (laughs) What a way to start. Again, not only is it memorable, it's remarkable, it's remarkable. Then we go on to see that, and here's the second thing this morning, creating was and is effortless for God. The words used here in the original language mean that what happened took no effort on God's part at all, just his will and his words. His will and his words. Again, the opposite is true of me. Uh, I want to share just a really brief video with you right now. This is a commercial from, uh, I was on TV years and years ago in Canada, and it's a young guy who's sitting in his terribly, you know, dirty, messy bedroom, and his mother yells up from the stairs, "Uh, have you cleaned up your room yet. Uh, this is a commercial about bacon. <laughs> uh, but anyways, it illustrates the point I'm going to try and sh- uh, share with you in a moment here. So Gustavo, if you could play that for us. Isn't it great when things are already done for you? Like Maple Leaf Ready Crisp Bacon. It's pre-cooked, so it's ready in five seconds. Real bacon without a real mess. New from the bacon experts at Maple Leaf. That, that commercial illustrates the idea that you know, if we could just will stuff to happen, you know. He's got this terrible messy room, and his mom says, and if you didn't hear it well, she says, it's not gonna clean its it's not gonna get clean by itself. Well, in the commercial, it did, though, didn't it? But I I just can't will that kind of thing. I'd love to be able to will a plate of bacon right handy when I'd like it as well, too. Wouldn't we all? Uh, That is if you like bacon. But anyways, my will is is completely unable to create on its own. It requires a great deal of effort for me to be creative, to make things happen. It's just the way it is, but it's not that way for God. So often I know the things that I want for myself and for my family, and even for this church as I think about leadership. And, and I set out to make them a reality, or at least try, and I, and I put in effort, and then it begins, and I fail. I don't know if you have that happen too, but what, what if I would just stop and go, God, what do you want? What do you want to do through me? I think that we would avoid... A ton of disappointment and failure. If if I would only allow him to have control of what is created in and through my life, that is, then I can rest in him and not have to, you know, literally not have to try in my own effort so much. I still have to put work into it, but God's with us when we do that. Start in that place with his will, not mine first. Thirdly, God's creation created order out of chaos. These words here in the second verse, and you know, formless and void, give the idea of, of lack of structure and chaos, literally. that's there's that word is in there in the original language, chaos. And Webster's dictionary defines chaos as the state of disorganization before the creation of distinct forms. And obviously, you know, that's the difference between verses two and then the next verse in verse three where it says that God said let there be light that creative will of god just the voice of god did this order out of chaos and again this is not the picture of my life and and i suspect that some of you can relate to this chaos is often sort of a part of the reality you know busy schedules time commitments work and all those kinds of things that we got to get in and any volunteerism that we're involved in, school schedules if you have kids it just gets kind of ridiculous and, and daunting and tiring, doesn't it? And those are normal times. What about the days we live in now? I've heard all kinds of stories about mums and dads who've got chaotic realities in their homes now as they try to you know manage all these extra commitments, yet they have children and they're doing school online and at home. Crazy days. Chaos, I think. Uh, John Wesley, uh, who was an 18th century English Methodist, reformer is famous for this idea that um, we are too, I'm too busy not to pray, <laughs> too busy not to pray. For all, a lot of us, the other side of that is more often the reality. I'm, I find myself too busy and then forget to pray. We need to hear the creative voice of God to create some order in our chaotic worlds and lives that comes in prayer, that comes in prayer. Fourthly, God's creative acts are perfect. Now, this is just, just an, a logical, you know, philosophers call this a syllogism, where, you know, God is, God is perfect, God created, therefore God's creation is perfect. It's just, it is what it is. I mean, when his perfect created world, or when his world was created, it was created perfectly. That's just understood. You, you don't have the concept of God without perfection. And anything God does has to be perfect because of who he is. That's reality. But the greatest part of this talk of creation, God, and who he is and his perfection is this. And hear this this morning. Is that it continues. Continues. I want to read a couple passages of scripture from the New Testament for you. That that illustrate this idea that His creative order and work to create order and perfection continues. Okay, here's from um, John chapter one, the first five verses, and then the 14th verse. Listen to these words: In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God. He, hear that, he was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Verse 14, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Tie this together with another verse from uh, Colossians chapter 1. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. Wrap your head around that for a moment. In the beginning, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Through Jesus, the Word that became flesh and dwelt among us. This isn't something that happened, you know, how many thousand years ago and like that's it and it got wound up and let go just to become what it would become. No, Jesus is still a part of it all. Order out of chaotic lives still happens. Perfection still happens in this imperfect world. And for you and I, it is as it is effortless because we don't do it Jesus took all the effort on himself and 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 paid the price so that he could continue to create something new each and every day every time a sinner turns to Christ and says my life I need help I have tried so hard and it isn't working I have no direction no hope chaos reigns supreme in my life Jesus help okay every time that happens The creative process begins again and again. And a perfect life in the eyes of God can exist out of nothingness. And it's all because of the blood of Christ. The the word of God become flesh. Crazy question. Why would anyone not want that? Why would anyone not want that for the first time? if that's the, your situation. Or the next time when, when things feel out of control, the days you want to give up, the places you know in the corners of your mind where, where there's chaos and, and you know, disorder that affects your every day. Why would you not want Jesus to come in and create order out of chaos? You and I can't do anything about that on our own. We need help. We really do. And when we ask for help, the indescribable creative force of our remarkable God in and through the work of his son Jesus does that in us and for us. Let's pray together.